Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. You're, 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 you're listening to the podcast for all of the news, notes, and breakdowns for your Ohio State Buckeyes. This is Sons of the Shoe with Nick Wilson and Spencer German. That's right, everybody. We are back. Sons of the Shoe is here to deliver immediate reaction to week two of the college football playoff Selection committee rankings, I really wish they could simplify that so I don't have to say six goddamn words every time we talk about these rankings. But it is live, which means you can comment and let us know what you think the committee got right and wrong. I am monitoring my Twitter, which, when don't I do that? Uh, So, at Nick Wilson says, at Spencito underscore, and uh, we will get to your reaction on this. But uh, as we get started, there were no changes in the top eight Spencer how outraged are you that there was no definitive change? <laughs> uh, like how or how much better or worse do you feel about the playoffs because of this? Uh, yeah, there's, there's no outrage for me. Um, I, I think the only real change in the top ten even was just Oklahoma, right? They're the only team that dropped out basically because they lost again. Um, I, I I I don't know what people wanted out of this, I guess, because not much changed, especially with the top four teams. They all won this weekend. Um, I guess if you want to argue, and we talked about this a little bit last week, that Georgia finally played a ranked opponent and, oh, it's the SEC, and so they're always better than everybody, so maybe that should have been enough to move them into number one instead of Ohio State. I guess I could hear you on that, but clearly the committee said the same thing that we've been saying about this Rutgers team, that it's not the Rutgers team of old, that is, you're just a, it's a cakewalk game. They were 6-2 and two coming into that one. They gave Ohio State a little bit of a, a challenge, and then Ohio State emerged from it on the other side victorious. So, um, again, same style that they've kind of won all season. There, to me, like it, it makes a ton of sense that they kept everything the way they did, specifically in the top four. I'm more interested, I guess, in like what happens now that Michigan starts playing better teams. They got a matchup with Penn State. That Georgia plays another ranked opponent. We'll see if that matters. But yeah, like. I don't know how you could be outraged. Like the, the outrage, I guess, would have come last week when people were shocked that Ohio State was one. And I can understand that to an extent because maybe the eye test didn't tell you they should be number one. But after this week, like if they were one last week, there wasn't a lot that changed to make you think that they shouldn't be one again. Can I just can we just start here? I fundamentally do not understand being this outraged about the playoff picture <laughs> week two when like 
the most the most thing that you just said was was just true, which is yeah, Georgia beat Missouri. Okay, they still have half of the quality wins that Ohio right. State has. Right. So like, I think I think we've reached a point, and I said this to you before we got rolling. I think we are. This is now just the new BCS, where people want it to be what it can't be. Like with the BCS, wow, it's just, it's just a mathematical formula. It's imprecise, you know. It's too precise, right? And it doesn't account for things that matter to us. It doesn't account for the eye test, right? Well, now we have the thing that accounts for the eye test, but the logic behind it isn't, you know, a computer algorithm, and people just lose their minds. And it's like, <laughs> guys, I get like. Part of my job is to analyze things and be professionally mad at points and like literally find like the angle on whether I should be outraged or not. And I'm telling you right now, everyone's up their own ass on this. Like there was no reason to change the top eight. Uh, we can get into some of the machinations beyond that. But like, I, I just think, I just think people want to be mad. And like, yeah. I think you can be, I, I get it. It's not perfect. But, like, I have no idea. It's, like, it's basically, it's the same arguments people were using for last week. Well, Austin's wow, so number one. Well, okay, what did they do that should make them not be number one if they started number week. one? Right. Because now, right. like, I understood the argument last week. I still think those people were talking out their ass. Ohio State had two great wins and were coming off uh, a comfortable win over Wisconsin at night on the road. Okay, that's a tough place to play. Universally yeah. agreed. So they had the best resume. So strength of record goes to them. Plus, their margin of victory was still top seven. So yeah, them's the them's the breaks, Charlie. But I understood at least. Well, but Georgia's more talented. That's a bullshit claim. But okay, uh, Michigan's more talented. Okay, that doesn't mean anything. Like, what are we talking on paper? Because yeah. I live in reality. But yeah. I at least understood it. Now, like. Oh, they only covered. They barely covered against Rutgers. <laughs> Kiss all of my yeah. ass. I, like, and I and I do think I do think Nick. Like I, I don't want to keep beating the dead horse at the Rutgers point, but I do think that's part of it. Is they see Ohio State beat Rutgers and they don't that that win doesn't feel like a valid win to them because they're like, oh, it's Rutgers. You it, it took you till the second half to pull away. Like people just write off Rutgers without unless you're watching college football regularly. And you're really in tune with not not just Ohio State, but sort of other things that are going on in college football and how other teams are performing. You don't get the full sense of like everything. Like like I bet you there's people who think that Michigan State is a tougher matchup this weekend than Rutgers just because of the name Michigan State and they've yeah. generally had they've given Ohio State more trouble at times than Rutgers has. So it, like I think that's part of it. But I think you're right. Like there's there's outrage just to be outraged. Like people just want to be mad. And and I tend to feel like Nick. Yes, we get to the final version of the the, the college football playoff uh, rankings, and there's always some debate to be had about team number five or team number six and whether or not they should have got in, which is why we're going to 12. But at the same time, generally, I feel like they get the top four teams mostly right. And, and it, we're in week two of this thing. There is still a number of games to be played. It, it's why I think the practice of the, like, the ranking itself – I enjoy that we get to talk about it and yeah, it's content for us. So great. I'm not going to complain, but at the same time, like the, the idea that like we're doing this so soon in the process and there's still so much that has to bear out. It really is almost just to get the outrage. That's, that's almost exactly what it's built for. I actually, I actually think they should start it before it really matters because I think, I think it's easier to yeah. chart and to and move explain yourself. Around. Can you when imagine you... if they just got to the last week and it was like, 
oh hey here's the top four teams yes. like yes. here's your take your pitchforks and your your knives and your whatever and fight each other over if it's right or wrong yeah and and then it was it was decided predominantly on the final week of the season and the the you know the title games like i i just think like i think the more you have of this it allows you to put more sense and more thought into it. And listen, the college football selection committee doesn't do that, but like that is, that is on the people in the room. And like, we can say, well, they're selective. Well, yeah, they're going to be selective. Like, (laughs) cause we're leaving it up to the human element. So I I think like the first, like two to three weeks of this, I always think I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. It's good to see where they are, but like, because college football, um, the the uh, schedules are so backloaded that like next week to me is going to be the first time where I really think we can react because I think we can all agree Ohio State's going to be ten and zero. Um, Georgia's got Ole Miss, so that's a one versus a nine. So even if that's a close win, that's a that's a, that's just a huge win for you. I think the I think the most chaotic thing is that either. Georgia loses to Ole Miss and or Michigan loses to Penn State because then all of a sudden you're going to see the college football selection committee really find a way conveniently to try and find an SEC team, probably Alabama, into the top four or top five. Yeah. yeah. But like, but again, like I think we can have those conversations a week from now because of of what has happened the last two weeks. And I'll say this, like, I get so <clears throat> You know, when people say like you, you said this, but I'm not this, I'm not addressing you with this. When people say like, oh, it's just, it's just to get people worked up the first couple of weeks. That's good. Like uh, to me, like I want the college football fan riled up over it where I think it's like ridiculous is that we've already gotten into like this trench warfare with the established college football media who just uses it as a bit, as a bitch session about the current thing you know the current way to do it and it's like okay but you're not analyzing you're not like picking a stance of ohio state shouldn't be one for the second straight week or georgia should be one. you know what i mean you're just using it to say well the whole thing's bullshit no 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 <laughs> like there's pros and cons to each way yeah. and like i would love if you could do six weeks of the bcs or eight weeks of the bcs and then at some point you have a soft transition to the college football playoff rankings the problem yeah. with that is even when we had the BCS, they didn't come out till right about now because you need a certain amount of games to establish criteria on. So we have to keep falling back. I think the flaw in this is the AP top 25 being the the ways and measures of of the, the college football playoff rankings until these come out. Like that's what I think is the mm. bigger flaw, not the you, way they you do just it. think that because like the AP is like so subjective and then it like all it, it all just kind of like it, like it, it, everything changes because that because it does feel like the AP oftentimes is just based strictly off of like eye test like it's it's almost nothing else than eye test. Yeah, well, and eh, in fairness, and listen, you might be able to say the same thing about the college football playoff selection committee, but like I'm not buying that the AP top twenty five is paying attention to as many games. But yeah, that's that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like because yeah. it, it, that's why I think it's based off of eye test because these writers and the people that vote on this. They're just going and saying like, "Oh, they're checking box scores, right?" Yes. Like they're they're not watching the tape on these teams to sort of figure it out. So I, I think you're probably right there. And, and yeah, like I'm not saying it's a bad thing to have you know a couple weeks here or several weeks here to be outraged by it. 
Um, I, I, like I said, it creates content for us. So that's great. I'm just saying like, this isn't the time necessarily to have yourself just being completely beside yourself in terms of the reaction yeah. to it. Like why is Ohio state number one? It's like, well, this, there's still so much that has to bear itself out. We know Ohio state and Michigan are going to play. We know Georgia has some tougher games. We know Penn state, Michigan are going to like, there's, there's so many things that still have to happen. If they were one last week, it makes a ton of sense for them to be one again this week. I do wonder, Nick, as we transition to a 12-team playoff, is there like a limit that will prevent so much like just absolute nuts bitching? from yeah, bit yeah, yeah. That's the best way to put it. Just like people bitching. Like is is 12 next year when they do the top 12 and they're like, here's the 12 teams that are in. Is that finally like the place where it's like, okay, it's okay? Or is it still just gonna be like, well, my team should be one or my team should be two or whatever? Because like everyone, even everyone keeps saying that once they go to twelve, it's gonna taint the entire the entire process and taint the regular season, and none of it's gonna matter. And so, is it just gonna be like, a, oh, okay, my team's in the top twelve, I can I can get behind that, or is it gonna be like now splitting hairs over team thirteen versus team twelve and who actually should be one or who shouldn't when we know all these teams are actually gonna get in in the end? I'm a firm believer that people will find reasons to complain um, <laughs> no <matter> what. <laughs> based off my 38 years on this planet and my 38 years of being a diehard football fan and a diehard uh, sports fan. Um, I think there will always be intrigue. I do think the immediacy of the pressure is going to go away. So maybe people don't overreact as harshly to the first two weeks. You yeah, know what I mean? Great. Yeah, And that's a guess, by the way. We could still way overreact to who's number one when we all know, like, yeah, they can probably lose two games and still crack the, you know, all of a sudden Alabama losing two games. Well, okay, you'll just be the eighth seed. They haven't lost two games this year. But if they were to lose two games, all of a sudden, well, now you're the 10th seed instead of the fourth seed. Chuck uh, commenting that uh, this Ohio State team reminds him so much of the 2022 team average QB play good running back the, good two, the 2002 team did I say 2022 yeah you said it's been a long day sorry Chuck <laughs> it's all good. um but says just that's, that's does, Dustin's team that does just enough to win um yeah I think it's funny man like I think that 2002 team had a much more dominating defense I think this defense is like really really stout but like they had like three NFL dudes getting to the quarterback I think Tui Moloau probably is an NFL dude, but I don't think he's a day one dude. I mean, like a, a first round player. Yeah, yeah. Like I thought they were a little more stifling with their pressure. I think Ohio state just is stout all around in all three phases of defense. So like, and I'll be honest with you. Like I agree with the 2002 thing. I just don't know. You can truly win a title like that this year. Now, now. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, actually th- now, but this year might be the exception that allows you to do it. That's true. Yeah, we because talked about that. Just, we t- it's just we a wonky year. Yeah, we talked about that on the the episode that we dropped earlier today. Like, uh, it, it's it's a weird year where maybe this is the the season where this type of style could win you a title. It's I, I like that comparison too because who was like the, the the offensive weapon you had on that team? Obviously, was Maurice Claret. Yeah, I mean, dude, dude was freaking amazing. Like, we we looking back on that. You you realize like how good he could have been if things could have gone differently for him and if he actually had gotten to the NFL and been able to take it seriously and all these different things. I mean that guy was a dude, and uh, it, it's sort of reminiscent of when Trevion Henderson's healthy. He is also very much a dude. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's interesting the comparison there. 
And hey, we'll see if it can win you a title in 2023. But I agree with you that I think it's just the 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 times and the way the college football is played have obviously changed. I, I I think Nick, like my biggest takeaway still, even a week later, um, is seeing how long Ohio State can stay at one because. The longer you're at one, like if, they, if we go through another week and Ohio State takes care of business against Michigan State like we're expecting, you know, I've, I've tried to think this this game against Michigan State is one of those games where I can't think of any way that they lose unless it's like everybody just gets hurt. Like that's that's the only way because even Purdue was like, oh, they should beat Purdue, no problem. But you've seen them lose in Purdue before and like weird, fluky things happen. Yep. This is one of those games where it's like, yeah, they're, they're not losing this game. So let's say they take care of business against Michigan State. They, they maybe they cover the thirty-one or whatever the hell the point spread is, and they they win going away. All right. Well, if they're at one for another week, then even if Georgia takes care of business in their game against Ole Miss, and even if Michigan takes care of business against Penn State, I like it, it just builds the case that Ohio State and Michigan could both end up in the playoff if if this continues. And I think that's the biggest thing to kind of keep an eye on here if you're an Ohio State fan is like. Yeah, the longer they stay one, the more it benefits them in the long run because you could talk yourself into, or the committee could even talk themselves <laughs> into putting two Big Ten teams in, sort of going off the question we asked earlier, which team, which conference rather, deserves to get two teams in the most. There would be a case there if Ohio State stays one all the way up until the Michigan game. Well, and I think this is going to be a great week to see, like, all right, is this the week chaos hits? Because late in the season, when you've got as many top 25 matchups in the top 10, top 15, as we do. Like, I mean, just running through these, number 18, Utah on the road against number five, Washington. That feels significant. Um, I mean, even Miami going to Florida State and going to Tallahassee this weekend is significant. But Alabama versus Kentucky, that, you know, Kentucky's a good team. Michigan versus Penn State. You start to look down this uh honestly Rutgers versus Iowa could have a huge impact to to who comes out of the west and that could kind of affect seeding Ole Miss versus Georgia like you're starting to kind of look around here I mean even USC Oregon you know I mean Oregon here if they can give USC a convincing loss all of a sudden like I, I think listen I think the committee made it very clear with where Alabama sits and Alabama sitting there at eight I think they're lurking and I think they're lurking because no, uh, they're I, always lurking. <laughs> well, and listen, I'll be honest with you. I don't trust Lane Kiffin to beat Georgia this weekend because he's Lane Kiffin. And I would imagine if he does that all of a sudden you're going to see Ole Miss kind of catapult up into the top five. But like if it's a close loss, you I think you could end up seeing Alabama being the, the top ranked. Um SEC. SEC team or at least them trying to bunch them at like five, six, seven just to try and like give the SEC its best chance to get whether it's one legitimate team in or both, you know, two playoff teams. I can see that happening. I here's the thing. I would love it if we could get it. I don't care who's one, who's two. I would love it if we could get Ohio State, Michigan as a top two schools rated in college football heading into the the big game. Um, I don't know that that's what the selection committee wants. I don't know that that would be all that interesting to the rest of college football. But, man, I'm telling you, I think if you go in one, two, even one, three, depending on who's one and who's three, yeah. and I think there's a really good chance that this is this is a, a year where the Big Ten gets two teams in. And I think that's crucial. Like, one, I because it's going to be – if it's going to be two teams, it's going to be Ohio State and Michigan State. I can't imagine – 
I, 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 one, I don't, I can't imagine Penn State winning this weekend. Two, even if they did, they're Penn State. James Franklin will mess it up at some point. Um, so like, I just, I'm like, I keep, la- I like get myself worked up into a lather at the idea of Ohio State, Michigan playing that, you know, uh, Thanksgiving weekend. And then, you know, whomever goes on to the Big Ten title, they, they win the Big Ten title. And then all of a sudden, it's setting up that if both teams are in the playoffs, you're not going to give that away in the first round. You'd give it away in a hypothetical national title game. And that to me, like that's the sweet spot of what's possible. If the big 10 and the NCAA don't screw with Michigan and don't get them off kilter. And if Ohio state and Michigan can both remain undefeated to that final moment. Yeah, no, that's a good, uh, it's a good point in terms of just like having those two teams meet with those stakes I guess probably one final time with those stakes too, before it expands to 12 and then Michigan and Ohio state could be in almost every year anyway. Um, And I'm sure that'll be something that, you know, other Ohio state fans outside of ourselves are obviously rooting for as well. Let me ask you this. What do you think is more likely after Mm -hmm. this weekend? Like if, if Michigan beats Penn state, let's say, I don't know, it's like a 10 point game or something like that. And they win. Or if Georgia beats Ole Miss, who they're ranked what uh 10 one, yeah no nine. nine okay so it's like it's it's one versus nine and michigan's two versus or is it is penn state two is penn state nine you're or not no, confusing they, me it's it's georgia at two versus uh number nine ole miss and it's number three michigan versus number 10 penn state okay you just started so, throwing numbers and i'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry I went to a Mac school. Once you start throwing numbers <laughs> at me, I, I kind of gets out a little bit. Even oh, though Bowling Green is an Ivy League school, there's Ivy on the walls. Please look that up. Okay, so if Michigan were to beat Penn State, I mean that this is the thing. Like these matchups are so close to each other too, because it's like they could both win top ten matchups here. But like, mm-hmm. let's say Georgia plays a close game against Ole Miss, and Michigan beats Penn State by like double digits. Would it be possible that Michigan actually leaps Georgia and Ohio State to one, or would it? Or if you kind of look at the other scenario, like what I'm trying, I guess what I'm trying to get at is like, what would it take? You think, assuming Ohio State wins, maybe even if they don't cover, let's just say Ohio State wins by like 28 points or something like that, like uh-huh. they win handily against Michigan State. What is it going to take from the other two? Do you think to actually jump up into that number one spot for either Michigan or Georgia? I think yeah. either team. Um, all right, so I think. Georgia beating Ole Miss probably guarantees them one. I think Michigan beating No matter Penn, what, like if it's if it's like on a last second field goal, it's still you think it still pushes them up to Yes. Because okay. it's it's you can make a case it's the better win than anybody else has. Uh and then by the way, they'd have two well, top other than other than Washington. Washington would that, still have that's the, fair. the best win because they I'm talking about who's higher ranked, but yeah. I'm talking about the top three teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, got you. I got you. Um, yeah, so I think Georgia beats Ole Miss any fashion, and they're probably one. Um, I think Michigan, it depends on how Michigan would beat Penn State. Like, if it's another close game, I don't know that that's enough to leapfrog Ohio State before that. So maybe it's Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3. But, I listen, I give I, – there's a sliver. It's a sliver of Ohio State holding on to the number one spot, and they have to beat the ever-loving hell out of Michigan State. <laughs> yes. 
Like we're talking like sixty to nothing. Like the abs- the kind of win they haven't had at all this year. They gotta they gotta That's- put the type of ass whooping like they put on Wisconsin that year they went to yes. the national championship. It's it's either gotta be that or it's got to be uh, one of those two teams losing or some sort of fluky, you know, overtime. Like, it, it's got to be something convoluted if Ohio State beats uh, Michigan State merely by 20 points, like a popper. So, you th- okay, I think that's fair. Like, you think Georgia probably jumps them as long as they win. And for Michigan to jump them, it would have to be like they absolutely just boat race Penn State, probably. Is that kind of where your head's at? Yeah, I, I would agree. All right. Well, um, so them's the rankings. We'll be back um, this Saturday. It's going to be a late one, but it will be live on here. Uh, We're going to see if we can get up on the 92 through the fan Twitter account um, as well, doing this live reaction post game after the Michigan state game. Why? Because somebody has to do it and we're just the guys (laughs) to do it. But of course we'll be back next week for the live post game. you know, the third college football playoff rankings. We'll do that live. And uh, let's see, we've got our Tuesday edition. We do have our Tuesday edition from this week up as well, where we preview Michigan State. We've got, what else do we have? Oh, in the middle of it, guys, if you have not seen today's podcast that we recorded earlier today, something happened in the very middle of an eloquent point Spencer was making about Ryan Day and Honda McCord that, that, completely through the podcast into disarray it is absolutely worth it you can check it out also because spencer pulled it out because he's a, a gentleman uh, almost like the guy pulled it out um at nick wilson says at spencito underscore but that does it please remember make sure to follow rate subscribe all the good things uh as we're a new podcast the sons of the shoe greatly appreciate your support spencer anything before we go buddy no uh looking forward to the weekend obviously well, we'll see. That game could be over. We, you know what? Let, let's maybe we'll be starting the show truly live during the game if, when it's wrapping up. Like fourth quarter, we'll just like, like hey, halftime. Yeah, maybe halftime. Well, hey, this one's over. Let's uh, spend a little bit of time together uh, talking about how it's going to end in an absolute wrap. But we'll see. Let, let's hope it goes that way. All right, buddy. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Peace.